So we started, just to catch you girls up, week one, the title of this, this series is A Heart Well Tended. And the first week, I introduced you to your own heart. And that's why I want you to go back and listen to it. Because it really is powerful. And it makes you stop and take note of your own heart. We were reminded that there's nothing more beautiful than a well-tended heart. And nothing more unattractive than a woman with an untended heart. Together, we learned the importance of Proverbs 4, 20, 23, that reminds each of us that to above all else, Guard that heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. And I said this the last two weeks, because as our heart goes, so does our life for good or not. So that was week one. Week two, we learned about, last week we learned about tending the heart of our homes. I loved learning the difference between a house and a home. How about y'all? How many of y'all that that resonated with y'all? Right? There is a difference between a structure called a house and a heart called a home. A house is simply a structure. A home is where hearts reside. They flourish, a place where families are made. It's a safe place to return to. And the passage I had there was Proverbs 24, three through four. By wisdom, a home is built and through understanding it remains. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and precious treasures. That's a home, the heart of a home. Um, So listen to those. Please afford yourself that. Because ladies, it all matters. Matters of the heart in all areas of our life matter. Tonight I have the privilege of speaking to you on tending the heart of your friendships. Okay, tending the heart of your friendships. So we're girls in this room. Why are we so complicated? All of us. And I can't even just think of them. I got to think of myself, right? Why are we so complicated? When I say that, tending the heart of your friendships, does, does that make your heart, like, how do you feel right now? When I say that, does like, got a little turmoil happening in there? It's a little gut punch maybe for some of you. For me, as I was going over this message, it was a gut punch for me because the last time I spoke this message before COVID, I had to take inventory of some friends that were in my life at that season who were no longer in my life in this season. That's hard. That's hard to reconcile. That's hard for Miss Michelle to reconcile because I feel like I steward my friendships pretty well. But in all of it, we only have control over one person and that would be us. Maybe for some of you, you're smiling and you're like, I am sitting. Girls, 50 years, I mean, you win the prize. Really, truly, you win the prize. And I have a friend like that that I'm so grateful for. She's my prayer warrior. She's my soul sister. She's been with me not as long as I've been saved, but almost as long as I've been saved. And I'm forever grateful for her. But I want you to pay attention to how your heart feels tonight. Because one of the things I'm trying to get you to do over these four weeks is to learn to listen what your heart is trying to tell you. It is truth that sets people free. Even if you're not in a good season, it's okay. Listen to what your heart's telling you because that's how you get out of a bad season into a good season. As a 60-year-old woman, and I wrote this, I've, I've walked through every season of friendship. I've experienced love. I've experienced loss. I've experienced high seasons. Some of the best memories I have are with my girlfriends. 
And some really sad moments are with my girlfriends, who were my girlfriends, okay? But the good news is, as I studied this concept, it is 100% human. Every person in this room can understand what I'm speaking about tonight. There's no one in this room that can say, I've never been hurt. I've never been disappointed by a friend. I've never broke up with a friend. I've never been betrayed by a friend. Jesus went through every single one of these things I just mentioned. And we who were created in his image and his likeness, we walk through the same things. But the beauty is the word of God has given us so many principles of how to walk through these things. And that's what I'm encouraged about sharing with y'all tonight. I'm encouraged that John 16, 33, take your notes case, reminds us that times and seasons are in the hands of God. And when we acknowledge that it all belongs to him, okay, all of it, every season, then nothing is wasted. We're simply adding to ourselves life experiences that we can benefit from going forward, right? It all belongs to him. Nothing is wasted. I want you to say this with me. Maturity is not a fruit of the spirit. For anybody. Maturity is not a fruit of the spirit. We all get maturity the same way through time and life experiences. That's how you get maturity. My prayer for you is that in this, that's, what I put my prayer for you is that things that seemed complicated and unclear before tonight will become clearer to you walking into this next season. And I put it this way. One of my revelations at the beginning of the year was the Lord spoke to me several things, but one was about a prism. And you know, a prism, like you see so clearly what you see while you see it, right? And then it just changes just a little tiny bit. And you're like, I never saw that before. I compare that to the truths of the word of God. You've been living your life. You've been applying principles. You only know what you know. And then you learn something else. And it's like the prism turned for you. And now you know more. It's not that what you saw before was wrong. It's just that now you see more. And you can add that to your cachet of life to draw from. Um, I love that he made seasons, but I also love that seasons change. How many of y'all are loving the change of season right now? Okay, although I will say I woke up this morning, I put on my sweatshirt, my sweatpants, I went out in my garden, and by 12 o'clock, I'm in like a little skirt and a short sleeve shirt because I'm sweating profusely and I'm lowering my air conditioner. I'm like, what is wrong with Louisiana right now? And it's not the climate change thing, trust me, it's just Louisiana. We can't blame it on climate change. But when I said that seasons change, I just want you, let's take a collective breath. Like seriously, take a collective breath because you're going to welcome the change of season that is right around the corner for you concerning what we're going to speak about tonight. Ladies, I love that his word reminds us that his mercies are new every morning, which means that when I woke up this morning, I woke up to a fresh start. What happened yesterday stayed in yesterday. Okay, today I woke up to a fresh start because the Bible tells us his mercies greet us brand new every morning. It's like when you wanted to like spank your little child before they went to bed, you punished them. They hated you when they went to sleep, but they woke up and they came in the kitchen. Everything's great. You hug them and you're making donuts for them and drinking your coffee. Everything's great because a new day started. What we messed up in yesterday stays in yesterday. 
Thank you, Jesus. Repeat with me, my yesterdays are not my today. And because of that, I can look forward to tomorrow. That's a concept. That is for real. Do not get stuck in yesterday. It already passed. Okay, mercies are new, and now you get to look forward to tomorrow. See, friendships with God and friendships with people are purposeful. They're in the gospel. Jesus did not come to this earth, live a flawless life, die a grueling death for us for just an ominous reason. Everything he did, he did for people. That is what he values. It was always and is still always about people. He did it so that we could have a relationship and a friendship with him and that we could have a relationship and a friendship with one another. The gift of friendship and relationships is the greatest gift outside of your family that you will ever experience in this world. And I said this one of the other nights. The Bible tells us that our inheritance, the wealth of our life, is found in the saints. And it's not saints like Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. It's us. It's who we do life with in the body of Christ. It's your mama who prayed for you. It's your, that is our wealth. So he died that we would have healthy relationship with him and with others. I love that Jesus is called son, brother, friend. And I love more important, listen to me. And Anya, when you were singing, and I'm weeping because I'm thinking, he wasn't just called friend. He was called friend of sinners, which qualifies you and me. For all I'm going to talk about tonight about friendships, I don't want y'all to lose sight that when you were worshiping and everything else was set aside, that is the only friendship that will never disappoint. That is the only friendship that will never change. That's the only friendship that wants more for you than from you. So Jesus, friend of sinners, that's who we're here for tonight to learn from. What he has to teach us about friendship. Even our marriages did not start married. You didn't just wake up one morning and get married. Okay, it started in friendship. You met that hot man. I met Pastor Casanova. I sat behind him one day and I looked at his hair and he had hair like down to here, coal black. He is clean. He goes to sleep clean. He wakes up clean. Y'all know Pastor. I'm telling y'all the truth. Hands well manicured. I'm like, I want to be a friend with him. Oh, y'all, whatever. Don't act like that with me. God gave us these treasured gifts because he knew that we would need them and he knew that they would need us. But I want to tell you why friendships, I believe, are so complicated and so hard. Because the enemy knows that strength is in numbers. In God, wherever God is, there's a spirit of unity. So he wants to come and cause division. Because when two people are walking the same way, loving Jesus, raising their children together, bearing one another's burdens, that's an enemy of the enemy. So he comes in because he knows the wealth in all the promises of God concerning friendship. Be wise enough to discern that as you begin to walk forward in friendship. Pastor Jacob often says that if you, if you don't understand the purpose of something, you misuse it. And he tells this funny story about, especially with women, how many of you have ever tried to hang a picture on a wall with a shoe? <laughs> I have. Y'all be honest. Don't, mm, 
Mm-mm. Thank you. Thank you. We'll meet after. Okay, but what is the purpose of friendship? And I want y'all to read this passage because to me, there's so many passages, but this says it so clearly. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11. I'm gonna read out loud to you. For two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift the other friend up. But woe to her who is alone when she falls, for she has no one to help her up. If two lie down together, they will keep one another warm. But how can one stay warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a three-stranded cord, that means Jesus in that friendship, right, is not easily broken. That's a wealth of information. And I wrote this for you. What is the purpose of friendships? They are for our profit. They are for our protection. And they are for our pleasure. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. That is our profit. Our protection. Though one be overpowered by another, two can withstand him and a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Our pleasure. Our, our pleasure. If one is cold, you're not warming yourself up alone. You have a friend to warm you. Fine print, the greatest misuse of friendships are when we begin with the premise that we chose them, we made them, and so they belong to us. And this is what I hear from girls all the time, and I always just kind of watch, and I'm like, this is so funny. Miss Michelle, I know you prayed for me about this, and we had this like first day of school mom's thing, and I went, and I made this new friend. I'm like, really? How'd you make her? Well, you know I mean? Like, I made a friend. I'm like, God made the friend. You met a friend. But I'm telling you, when you start with the premise that you made them and they belong to you, y'all, am I, am I barking up the right tree? Like, she's my friend, not your friend. We're BFFs. We don't know where you're going, but this is our little circle of friendship. Am I right? But when you start with that premise, it's flawed every single time, and then you misuse it because your premise is wrong. It's the kindness of God. It's the kindness of God that before the foundations of the world, he ordered, listen to me, for every girl in this room to experience a sacred friendship, a divine friendship. Because if you're a child of God and you belong to him, just like you're concerned about who your children hang out with, he's concerned about who his, his children hang out with. Okay, so the kindness of God desires to assign you divine friendships. A purpose assigned to those friendships for your profit, for your protection, and for your pleasure, and for hers as well. I want to say this to you, and I'm not just, I don't know half the people in this room, so you just, if it falls on you, it falls on you. You just got to deal with it with Jesus, okay? Don't come talk to me after. But I have found in life that you don't attract the friends you want. You attract the friends you are. If you got a jacked up, screwed up life, you're probably attracting jacked up, screwed up girls. If your heart and your goal is to be a great mom, guess what? You're probably attracting other girls who are desired to be a great mom. If you're, you know, madly in love with your Pastor Casanova man, whatever his man, whatever you call him, Dr. Delicious, <laughs> handsome, whatever. I don't know what y'all call y'all men over here in New Iberia. Sugar man. Because y'all in Sugar Town, right? 
guess what? If you have a great marriage and that's your big priority, guess what? You're attracting other people whose priority is marriage. You don't attract the friends you want. You attract the friends you are. And I'm saying that because remember, it's truth that sets people free, y'all. Just as I'm speaking, just take inventory. Because remember, we're all, I said it the first night for those of y'all who weren't here. I'm not doing this study for you. I'm doing this study with you. I have as much to learn as you have to learn. We're all students of the word of God. And we're all on this journey together trying to get better. How can I be, get good friends? I put, be one. How do I get a good friend? Be one. Proverbs 18.24 reminds us to let who who wants friends make herself friendly. Y'all, I'm in a ministry environment. I'm at conferences. I'm at other churches. This, this, is, this is not just regular people. This is pastor's wives. There's some pitiful, miserable pastor's wives who are self-protecting because they don't want anybody to take whatever little sheep they got And so they don't like step out and put themselves out there and be vulnerable because you have to be vulnerable, okay, to have a friendship, a real friendship. You have to share your heart and you have to want to hear hers. Other than that, this little self-protection thing leaves you isolated. And the scary thing about being isolated is when you fall, there's no one there to pick you up. Remember, this is principles God gave us for our good. There's no magic wand that waved causes friends to appear. And there's no perfect friends. Just like there's no perfect you and there's no perfect me, there's no perfect friends. Resistance builds strength. You get a friend and it's like, oh my gosh, I met the best friend. We are such BFFs. We do everything alike. Everything. We cook alike, we clean house alike, we dress alike. Look at the pictures of our children. They just dress alike. (laughs) And that goes on for, you know, a couple of months and whatever until you realize you're not exactly alike. Okay, and she rubs you wrong. Oh, she's, and she said, what? (laughs) Or you rub her wrong. Y'all, that's called life. The Bible says at that point, come, let us reconcile this. Come let us sit down together and make peace. I'm so sorry. You probably misunderstood my heart when I said that your husband was fat. I meant to say he was large, like a bigger than life man. Please forgive. Y'all get me. I'm being silly, but you get my point. Okay. It's usually a misunderstanding of the heart. I can say stupid things. You can say stupid things. All you have to do, I said this one of the other nights, is just apologize. You find a good friend, you keep a good friend, you're going to work through some controversy together, I can assure you. She might be pro-vax, she might be anti-vax, she might be pro-Israel, you might be pro Okay, you got to work through some stuff, but you know what? Just like you got to work through it with your husband and just got, like you got to work through it with those precious children God gave you. Mamas, am I speaking truth? Thank you. I need a little feedback, a little support. Come on. Like everything in life that's worth anything, friendships take effort. They take tending to not just survive, but to thrive. I realize that sometimes we find ourselves in complicated season with lack of clarity in our relationships. We have a statement in our organization of our Savior's Church. Clarity creates movement. 
So whenever there's congestion in something, staff are disagreeing, you know, you're at odds with so-and-so on staff, we bring you back into the office. Okay, let's just clarify. You say what you meant. You say what you meant. We're going to say what we meant. Okay, then you get the kink out of the hose and you get movement. You go back to work loving Jesus and building the kingdom, right? When you find yourself in complicated seasons with lack of clarity in your relationships, You come together and you clarify. Because other than that, it's like you just lump a bunch of friends in one big gumbo pot and stir. And y'all know what happens when we stir. Everybody be stirring. And you're just praying it's all going to turn out okay. Well, let me encourage you. It will not. That's called a recipe for failure. And y'all know what I'm saying is true because we've all done it. We've all done it. As someone who loves gardening, let me just brag, I don't have the most beautiful garden, but I have a beautiful garden that I love. I've learned this interesting thing, and I've been gardening all my life, and I consider myself a great gardener. I can get three seeds or three small plants, and I can plant them three different places in my yard with the same intent, the same motive, the same TLC. I want these little plants to live. And to my surprise, some of them survive. Some of them thrive and some of them die. It's the soil that they're planted in, I have realized and come to find out, that will make them survive, thrive, or die. And friendships are often the same way because they're living things And remember what I said, as you're planting and you're investing in a friendship, and you might be that girl, and if you are, I'm so sorry for you because I'm definitely not that girl. You might be that girl, because I have a friend that's like that. She's so generous. I'm like, you're too good for me. Why are you even friends with me? I'm never going to call you as much as you call me. I'm never going to buy you what you buy me. I can't afford to take the trip that you're going to take me on the trip. But she just gives and gives and gives and gives. The problem with that is in life, there are givers and takers. I'm not a taker. I don't want to put myself in that category. But let me just say, you get my point? If you're that girl who gives and gives and gives, it's like you're giving because you're trying to get something back in return. And that is only going to come from a relationship with Jesus. And I don't want to stifle your generosity because I love generous people. But I'm telling you that as a matter of you guarding your own heart. You never give to get. You give just because it's free. That's, that's a good friend. I love when doc, Dr. Darius says it this way. I love this. This was freedom for me. Every person in the world has equal value to God, but not everyone adds equal value to my life. And you have to understand that. You have to be smart enough girl in the room to go, okay, that person doesn't add equal value to my life. And it's okay. I can love them for free. Pastor Casanova says it this way. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And he says, you know, I'm a, I'm a, he jokes about it and says, I'm a palm reader. He makes everybody hold up their hands. And he, he's right. And he goes, tell me your five closest friends and I will tell you your future. Because the Bible says it this way. A person is known by the company they keep. Now, the beauty that God gives us, remember I said the first night, Pitiful isn't cute. Nobody in this room is a victim. He gives us the full right to choose what friends we choose. So if you want a different future, 
then alter your set of friends because as they go, so will she. Because Proverbs 13, 20 reminds us that she who runs with the wise is wise or will be wise. And she who runs with fools will be foolish. It's the same thing you would tell your children, baby. That's the, it's that simple. Proverbs twelve twenty six reminds us that the lovers of God give good advice to their friends. Carefully as they know that the ways of a foolish friend will lead them astray. Surround yourself with girls who are stronger than you. Who are trustworthy. Who deserve access to your heart. To your treasures. Wisdom tells us that there's nothing we can do to, listen to this. There's nothing we can do to cancel the influence of those we choose to surround ourselves with daily. There's nothing we can do to cancel the influence of those we choose to surround ourselves with daily. But y'all, the choice is left to us. And then there's Jesus, his model of friendship. Because remember that what Jesus modeled, Jesus meant. And I wrote this. I love that he patterned for us. Jesus had three tiers of friendships. He had his three closest friends. He had his 12 close friends. And then he had 70 casual friends. So his closest friends are his divine gifts from God. When he was in his lowest, most painful season, he would go away often with Peter, James, and John. Then there were the 12 committed ones who served a greater purpose in his life and his ministry calling. But the 70 were simply the crowd. He loved them. He appreciated them. They helped build the work of his ministry. But make no mistake about it. They were not with him in the vulnerable seasons of his life. You have to, I'm a very social girl. I have a lot of friends. I go a lot of places where people think, I know this is being recorded, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> they probably think I'm a better friend than I think I am. Because, I mean, I have a big family. Like, I'm one of seven children. I'm a mama of six children. And I have daughter-in-laws and grandchildren. And then I have my little kindred spirit friends. Like, my little three. My James. My John. My Peter. And then there's all these people at our Savior's church. And a lot of them call me mama. And I appreciate all of them. But there are tears of friendships. And you have to understand that to guard your own heart. You can't just throw it out there to everyone. Because remember, Dr. Darius said, not everyone adds equal value to your life or my life. And I put, what is a divine friend? If you were asking me, Miss Michelle, what would constitute a divine friend? Jesus had his three divine friends. I have my divine friends. I put, like your core muscles, they are the stabilizers in your life. They are filled with purpose. They are trustworthy. Girls, I don't know why we do it. I don't know why. I don't know why we're close with this girl, but then we're with this girl, we talk about this girl, and then we're with this girl, we talk about this girl. It's not good. It's not cool. It's hurtful. It's hurtful to you. It's hurtful to me. It's just hurtful. Okay, they are trustworthy. A divine friend has your back when you're not doing good because everyone's going to go through seasons that they're not doing good. That's why you surround yourself with the right friends now while you're in a good season. They listen to you. 
They want to hear what you have to say. They empathize with you. They encourage you. They redirect you when you're just getting yourself in a mess. These friends will call you up and out. They say, rise up, my good friend. I'm not letting you act that way. That's not cute. The Bible calls it this way. It says, iron that sharpens iron. And I think they have the passage. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens her friend. Because we're all in battle. We all need to be sharpened. We need to be on our best to deal with our days, right? Those friends, just their presence is medicine to your soul. Y'all, I have, I have that friend. I have a couple of those friends. And when the dark night of the soul came knocking at my door, and I don't, did I, did I say, did I commission them about being planted in the house of the Lord the first week? I don't know if I did, but one of my favorite passages, I'm say, it bears repeating, is those who are planted in the house of the Lord flourish. It's a promise of God. As a gardener, I know that when I plant something and it grows, it needs to stay where I planted it. Because then when I start digging it up and transplanting and moving it all around my yard, it eventually doesn't, doesn't make the cut, right? The Bible says those who are planted in the house of God flourish. This is why you flourish. Because when you're in a good season and your children are in a good season, they are surrounded with safety. They're surrounded with principles of the word of God. They're surrounded with like-minded people. And you have purpose when you see someone in your church who has a need. And you get to serve those people. But woe to the girl who falls alone. When you're planted in the house of God and you go through your dark, dark night of the soul, you're on the radar of all those same people and they love on you like y'all loved on them. That's why you stay planted. That's where your divine friends come from. Those friendships come from. I know tonight that as I'm speaking, if you're someone in the room who doesn't have that friendship, that you desperately want that friendship. And you've probably always wanted that friendship. And it's as easy as this. Remember I started off with Jesus is the divine friend. He is the friend. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. I want to encourage your heart to be courageous enough tonight to put yourself out there and ask the Lord. Lord, I desire divine friendships. The Bible says, ask of God who gives liberally. And all you have to do is ask. Begin to make that a matter of prayer and watch and see what the Lord will do. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God all in all his righteousness and then those things will be given to you. So first you're seeking God and then you're letting your requests be made known to God who knows exactly what you need. Y'all, God does not have a shortage of BFFs. There's no shortage of divine friendships. He wants that more for you than you want it for you. I pray tonight that something is awakening within you where you go, wait, oh crap, I didn't know I needed a divine friend. I've been doing life this way, but now I know I really am supposed to be doing life this way. Are y'all, are y'all getting that? Revel- is a light going on for y'all? You need a divine. I don't know what your tomorrows hold. But man, get that girl in your life that you can laugh with and have a blast with and cry with and share with. And for your children, that you're patterning that for your children. That's what it looks like. I'm old enough now to realize that everything I've ever needed is, has been within my reach. 
And I have a saying when I speak to women that proximity has purpose. And let me explain to you what that means. The world is a very big place, but I'm not expecting my divine friend to come from Indonesia because Indonesia is very far. We probably wouldn't be speaking the same language, right? Proximity has purpose. It's within your reach. Just lift up your head and start looking around and let your request be known go, God, where, where is that friend? And prepare your heart for you to be that friend because that friend for you is within your reach like mine is within my reach. I want to challenge you tonight to let your requests be made known. One that together you can encourage one another to stand firm on God's promises while fulfilling the very purposes of God. Because remember we started out with strength is in numbers and two are better than one. You're stronger together. There is a purpose greater than just your desire. You know, my very best friend, and I'm going to close with this, my very best friend, Claudia, we could not be more different. We just couldn't be more different. And if you know Claudia, you know Claudia. Yeah, how many of y'all know Miss Claudia? I see people shaking. Okay. Claudia is like a literal mad scientist woman. She's the smartest woman I've ever met. She's going to show up with two different shoes and two different earrings. Half the time, the back of her dress is not going to be fully zipped. She doesn't, she's just like out there. She doesn't know where she parked her car. She doesn't know, for sure, don't know where her phone is. She's, I mean, there's people that walk around Claudia to make her life happen, right? But she is a force to be reckoned with. And if you want a friend, you want a friend named Claudia. She's smart. She loves God. She loves the people of God. She's generous. The reason we became friends is because her husband found me the first year that both of our children started Westminster. So Jacob Jr. is now 40. So her daughter, Natalie. So they're at Westminster together in K4. And he literally found me at a parent-teacher thing and said, my wife needs you. I didn't know that I also needed her. Because I'm like, Claudia, let me teach you how to cook. Let me teach you how to set. This is called a table. These are called plates and silverware. Let's just start at the basics, Okay. But I remember the day that Claudia asked me after we were friends for like three years. And she was that girl who hounded me. She would call me. That's when we had the little speaker, the little box, like your answer machine. I know you're there and you're getting my calls. I'm going to see you in the pickup line tomorrow. So you just soon answer now. She was that great. I mean, she's just wanting to read the Bible and read. And I'm like, I'm married to a pastor. I don't want to read the Bible every day, all day. Like, I want to plan. I want to raise my children. I want to go jogging, whatever. And we're sitting down one day together and she goes, and this is a funny story, but I'm just sharing with you a divine friend. We're sitting down and she goes, let's tell each other our testimony. So I'm going to tell you my story and then you're going to tell me your story. And so I tell her my story and she goes like, that's it? That's my Jesus story. And she goes, but like, when did you get water baptized? And I'm like, I've never actually been water baptized. I thought I was going to have to pick her up and put her, hook her up to an IV. You're married to a pastor and you've never been water baptized? I'm like, no, Claudia, because I was Catholic and then I was married to a pastor. And where do you go to get water baptized when your husband's the pastor? Oh, 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 you're getting water baptized. Drove my little butt all the way to the Brownsville Revival to make sure I got dunked officially did a printout for me because she was so concerned. Me and her are getting to heaven together, baby. 
I could tell y'all so many stories. Well, tell me one funny story I should tell them about Claudia, just because it's the joy of friendship. I mean, she calls me over one day in a panic, and she's like, oh my God, I just something horrible. I could die. What, Claudia? She goes, I ordered this royal bean jelly because I needed more energy. She does not need more energy. She's like my husband. And she goes, and I ran in, and the box is there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this. I paid all this money for it. And I just cut it open, and I took the royal bean jelly, and then I was leaving. And I'm like, wait, there were no measurements. Y'all, this woman owns, she's very wealthy. And she has owned and developed more businesses than anyone in this room will in their lifetime. And anyone who knows what I'm saying is true, is true. She goes, and I run back in, and I realize it was the Stay Fresh packets I ate. (laughs) Because I called the company, and I'm like, listen to me. I paid 300 and something dollars. It seems like y'all would have measurements on the packages. Ma'am, they are. They're on the glass vials. What glass vials? All I have is little aluminum packets. Ma'am, that's the Stay Fresh packets. She didn't realize that her assistant at work took it out because it had to be refrigerated and put the, you know... I'm like, Claudia, let's just go to the hospital together, but I'm pretty sure a stay fresh packet is not going to kill you. But what do you tell the doctor when you're sitting there holding your best friend's hand? She ate the stay fresh packets, but she's talking normal. So I think she's fine. Okay. Last story. And then, cause I could say up here, I literally could tell y'all stories. Okay. Claudia decides we're going to get, we were that mom and we were going to get inappropriate magazines for the the little gas stations to put the coverings on the little things. So we're going to get petitions signed all over Lafayette because we're going to make sure that that's covered appropriately because our children have to walk in these stores. We work for probably a year and now we're coming up for election and this guy who's pro us is running for election. So I go to meet Claudia at soccer practice at Westminster and I'm like, hey, I'm going to vote. You want to go vote? This is Claudia when she's guilty. I'm so sorry. I can't talk right now. I have a very important call that I have to take. It's urgent. And I'm like, oh, no, no, what does that mean? What do you mean you have an important? We're we're doing soccer practice. You're going to hate me. Please don't hate me. I've never registered to vote. I'm like, oh, I hate you right now. And I'm calling your husband and I'm calling my husband. And you and me are getting our butts to the library and signing that little card that says register to vote. It's that simple, Claudia. You made me go knock on all these stores to put plastic things on the magazines and you're not even registered to vote? These are true stories. These are true stories. And I say that and I am going to close, but I want y'all to know, because it's iron that sharpens iron. I would not be where I am today. Claudia, while I'm speaking tonight, is praying for y'all. She challenges me on. She corrects me when I'm, shh. Michelle, don't do that. That's not cute. And I do the same for her because that's what a true divine friendship does. And those friendships can last a lifetime. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for giving me a gift of a girl named Claudia. I pray that. And I'm going to pray for y'all tonight before you break up into groups. Maybe another night y'all can bring me back for story time. And then I'll just tell y'all Claudia's stories all night because I have that many. Let's just close our eyes. Let me just pray for y'all. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for this moment tonight. I thank you that the truths in your word really do work, that they are tried, that they are tested, that they are proven. And I've seen it in my own life. And I pray tonight for every woman within the sound of my voice 
that that would be her revelation as well. That these principles would be received on good soil. And that these women would have the courage to apply these principles and that it would begin to bear fruit in their lives. And Lord, I do pray for every woman here who doesn't yet have a divine friend, that that would be your God gift to her. Father, I pray, let it be. Let it be. I thank you for your kindness tonight. I thank you for your goodness, that it's all for the glory of God. And we pray this in the name of you, Lord Jesus. Amen.